A-B-B-E-L.com. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, full disclosure, Jonathan Turley is a lifelong liberal Democrat, and he is no fan of President Trump. But the man is also not full of Trump derangement syndrome, and he's intellectually honest. He has written something that, of course, because of the nature of what he's written, is almost a secret. Sidebar. I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody very famous who recently said, and we've been saying it too in so many words, right now, and you can expect this to intensify in the run-up to November 3rd, Democrats have seized complete control of Facebook, of because and I'll give you an example. If I put up uh, a picture of our swimming pool, we will get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of likes. I may put something up that I think is incredible, and it might, if I'm lucky, it might get a hundred. But to give you an idea, my you're going to tell me my Facebook post of the of the Sunset Beach. Uh, situation got something like a hundred and some likes, and I forget a lot of comments, hundred and some comments, maybe two hundred comments. I didn't even I didn't even look at it lately, but relatively modest numbers. However, the article itself, as of yesterday lunchtime, had something like a hundred thousand views at wpgtalkradio.com. Because that can't be manipulated the way that they can social media. These Democrat bad actors that have a lot of power, they saw the way that President Trump used social media so effectively. And so I'm convinced if I, I, I saved a, a squirrel or a little baby chipmunk, I'll get 500, 700 likes. If I put something that actually... Not that that's not nice and it's great and, and I was happy to do it, but I might put something that actually might be really significant and it's not going to get a fifth of that because I'm convinced they only let by content. Oh, it's a cute squirrel being saved. Oh, that's a nice picture of, of Harry and Margie's pool. We'll let that be seen. They're picking and choosing. I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. I could have... A hundred thousand, but they only limit they limit you to five thousand on a personal page. There's no way, no how that more than ten percent are seeing my content. They manage it. They decide by the content what gets seen by more people. And of course, they want you to pay to and they want to monetize content too. And, and then if you pay, then they'll push more of your content. They are manipulating the social media. It's Facebook. It's Instagram. It's all of them. Because they know what happened in 2016, and they are going to do everything that they can. Why do you think when you put something up that is absolutely true, they put that thing on it that says that this is not, this is false, our fact checkers have have looked at it and we deem this to be either false or partly false. 
You know what I'm talking about. Although I will say, and I, I'm, I'm actually shocked, because I have posted some provocative things. I've never had one of my posts taken down by Facebook or put that thing on it that says this is fake or false. And I think they look at who they're dealing with and they figure, whoa, wait a minute now. This guy writes for a large website and and he's on a lar- the largest broadcasting company in the state of New Jersey. And and so I, I believe that I'm left alone because they realize that they would get exposed. I can't prove that. But when I see friends of mine that are putting stuff up that I know is true and they get this stuff done to them, there's something to that. So there, if you if you think this is just conspiracy rant, I'm telling you, it's happening. And it's happening with great regularity. Jonathan Turley has written a, a phenomenal piece. It's titled The Unmasking of Joe Biden. And he talks about his column, which I'm going to share with you. Hope I have time to get it all in. And he goes over all this stuff that's been happening to the former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn. And he writes, there seems to be a virtual news blackout on these disclosures, including the fact that both former President Barack Obama and former Vice President Joe Biden followed the investigation. Indeed, Biden's name is on the unmasking list. Now I go to his column. This is Jonathan Turley, again, lifelong Democrat and no fan of President Trump. The declassification of material from the Michael Flynn case has exposed more chilling details of an effort by prosecutors to come up with with a crime to use against a former national security advisor. This week, however, a letter revealed another unsettling detail among over three dozen Obama administration officials seeking to unmask Flynn in the investigation was former Vice President Joe Biden, Hyden Biden. This revelation came less than a day after Biden denied any involvement in the investigation of Flynn. It also follows a disclosure that President Obama was aware of that investigation. Now, of course, we didn't need that uh, the other day to prove that. We know Struck and Page, the two lovers, wrote to each other that POTUS wants to be... uh, kept informed of all developments so anyhow for three years many in the media have expressed horror at the notion of the trump campaign colluding with russia to influence the 2016 election we know there was never credible evidence of such collusion in recently released transcripts a long list of obama administration officials admitted they never saw any evidence of such russian collusion that included the testimony of evelyn farkas by the way, she's running for Congress, and I think that that um, Turley has that in his column. Evelyn Farkas, a former White House advisor who was widely quoted by the media with her public plea for Congress to gather all of the evidence that she learned as part of the Obama administration. The media covered her concern that this evidence would be lost if, quote, they found out we knew what we knew, end quote, about Trump campaign officials, quote, dealing with Russians, end quote. All false. Yet, in her classified testimony under oath, she said that she did not know anything. Farkas is now running for Congress in New York. So you know what that means. Unless it's a conservative district, there are some. She lied to the public and told the truth under oath. 
Farkas is now running for Congress in New York and highlighting her role in raising, quote, alarm over collusion. She's still running on collusion. As much of the media blindly pushed this story, a worrying story unfolded over the use of federal power to investigate political opponents. There is very little question that the response by the media to such a story would have been overwhelming if George Bush and his administration had targeted the Obama campaign figures with secret surveillance. That story would have been encompassing if it was learned that there was no direct evidence to justify the investigation and that the underlying allegation of Russian collusion was ultimately found to lack a credible basis. But the motives of Obama administration officials are apparently not to be questioned. Indeed, back when candidate Donald Trump said that the Obama administration placed his campaign officials under surveillance, the media universally mocked him. That statement was later proven to be true. The Obama administration used the secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act Court, FISA, to conduct surveillance of Trump campaign officials. Yet none of this matters as the media remains fully invested in the original false allegations of collusion. Tell me this column is not fantastic. If Obama administration officials were to be questioned now, the coverage and judgment of the media may be placed into question, as even this latest disclosure from the investigation of the unmasking request of Biden will not alter the media narrative. Unmasking occurs when an official asks an intelligent agency to remove anonymous designations hiding the identity of an individual. This masking is very important protection of the privacy of American citizens who are caught up in national security surveillance. The importance of this privacy protection is being dismissed by media figures like Andrea Mitchell, who declared the Biden story to be nothing more than gaslighting. While unmasking is more routinely requested by intelligence officials, with a reported 10,000 such requests by the National Security Agency last year alone, it is presumably less common for figures like Biden or White House Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough. Seeking unmasking information, it was likely to reveal the name of a political opponent and possibly damage the Trump administration raises a concern. More importantly, it adds a detail of the scope of interest and involvement in an investigation that targeted Flynn without any compelling evidence of a crime or collusion. There's much more to this column, which I'm going to save and share it with you another time. It is so good. And I'm going to print a copy of it, actually. I just emailed it to myself while I'm talking to you live because I want to have that for Friday when we are hosting The Guy Benson Show for Fox News Radio because that column is a primer for the intellectual dishonesty of our media, their advocacy journalism for Democrats, and the way that when it's a Democrat, they defend it, and they would trash to no end. Look at this thing with Pompeo that they want to try to make the biggest deal out of. They're crooked, and they're going to be worse. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Kirk Conover. There's no reaction yet from the World Health Organization. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. After President Trump wrote a letter he posted on Twitter late last night, Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. 
Dave, the president threatened a permanent freeze on funding and to pull the U.S. out of the World Health Organization over its response to the pandemic, accusing the global health body of ignoring credible reports of the virus and bowing to pressure from the Chinese government. The letter gives the WHO 30 days to commit to making substantive changes, with President Trump stating, I can allow, cannot allow American taxpayer dollars to continue to finance an organization that, in its present state, is so clearly not serving America's interests. China calls the letter slanderous. Dave? Rachel, President Trump is taking the drug he has been touting, hydroxychloroquine. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right, I'm not going to get hurt by it. Now he and the White House doctor agree the benefits as a possible coronavirus preventive outweigh the risks. There are now at least 194 clinical trials ongoing for the anti-malarial drug, which was initially billed by the White House as a potential godsend after anecdotal evidence of helping COVID-19 patients. Several smaller studies have raised doubts about the drug's effectiveness, though. One by the VA found no benefits to using it and a higher death rate among patients who did. Fox's Garrett Tenney, the number of corona cases in the U.S. now tops one and a half million. A victory for Oregon's governor, Kate Brown, a Democrat. The state Supreme Court last night temporarily reinstated her order keeping statewide corona restrictions in place earlier in the day a lower court judge declared them null and void brown asked for the restrictions to remain until the oregon supreme court can decide the case her order goes through july 6th but many counties have the go-ahead to loosen restrictions fox is rob dawson it's also primary day in oregon done by mail america's listening to fox news at fisher investments we do things differently and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. WBG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. There are two concerns to highlight today. First is the wind gusting between 30 and 40 miles an hour through at least this morning. Second is the ocean with rough surf and minor flooding of tidal waterways expected today too. With a mix of sun and clouds, we'll only top out around 60 degrees, certainly on the cool side again. Chance of a shower tonight. It'll be breezy and cool, low of 45. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and a high of only 59. Partly sunny and dry and 62 on Thursday. Next chance of rain will be Friday into Saturday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. It is four minutes past the hour. I want to thank a friend of mine. He sent me an article which actually 
made me laugh almost out loud. And it's titled, Effing Devastating. That's a quote. Katie Hill says she cried for days after Republicans flipped her old seat. This is the first time since 1988. The media is not telling you any of this. They keep telling you, oh, Biden's on a roll. They know he can't conjugate a verb. He can't complete a sentence. And they're telling you what a roll he's on. This guy can't even talk over the um, the geese at his video conference yesterday. He is absolutely collapsing. I thought it was bad with Hillary and her hospital van. But this is the first seat in California since 1988 that Republicans have picked up that was a Democrat seat. Think about that. There was another seat, one in Wisconsin, that was a... Uh, according to the media, would be looked upon as an, as, as an upset. They didn't cover that either. There's two House seats that were Democrat that are now Republican, but we're supposed to believe orange man bad. Orange man's going to lose the Senate now. Uh, there, there will be a narrative over the next five and a half months that you are going to need a gut rock stomach in order to not be vomiting. It's going to be so bad, and I'm, I've been doing my best for all these years to, to, to just ramp you up and, and, and get you prepared, conditioned, for what's about to happen. It's going to be unbelievable. They're going to be blaming President Trump for killing people. They're going to be blaming President Trump for the high unemployment. They're going to have the audacity to run market saturation level and compare employment numbers with Obama and with Trump. And they're going to say what a better job Obama did. They're going to disavow that this was a a once in a 103 year pandemic that happened. All this Flynn unmasking stuff, if it was done by Republicans, it would be the lead 24 seven suffocating coverage is what would be happening. Joining us now is our Tuesday morning pal. Well, he's a seven-day-a-week pal, but Tuesday morning guest, the Assemblyman Emeritus Kirk Conover. Morning, Kirk. Good morning, Harry. Broadcasting I, I, from my underground bunker. <laughs> you're, you're broadcasting like Joe Biden from the basement, right? <laughs> yeah. Only you can finish a sentence, so that's going to be the end of the comparisons, that you're in the basement. Kirk, I'd like you to uh, weigh in on what I was just talking about before the end of the last hour with Jonathan Turley, lifelong Democrat, writing about this whole unmasking. Uh, what are your thoughts, the unmasking of General Flynn? Well, I, I, uh, it, I'm curious to know exactly the reason given for unmasking Flynn by the various people that apparently would have no reason to be part of that phone call or interested in that phone call. Right. Well, here's the problem, though, Kirk. They don't have to give any answers because they're not asked. For example, Samantha Power said, I don't recall ever doing it. Well, then somebody has her her number and her sign-on and everything because she did hundreds. Uh, you have an ambassador, I don't even know where, from Uzbekistan or somewhere crazy uh, that did it. Why would that ambassador be doing it? You have the chief of staff for Obama. Why is he doing it? Why is Joe Biden, with a few days left 
and never being in office ever again in his life, why would he be doing it? And he and he was asked, and he told Stephanopoulos, "I don't know anything about that." Now that it show, now that we know he he unmasked, they don't come back and ask him. Well, it, it's a, it was a whole cabal uh, started as soon as uh, President Trump came down the escalator. It was a whole cabal to destroy him, to stop him. Yeah, and initially it started out that, you know, they wanted to make him out to be a joke. And then when it was obvious he was going to get the nomination and be the candidate, then they started the more uh, nefarious actions. I mean, uh, you see uh, Page, uh, Strzok, uh, you know, McCabe, Comey, all of them started moving in 2016 to create um, a narrative that somehow he's a Russian tool, he's this, he's that, and they were going to stop him. And then they really weren't worried about covering their tracks because they thought Hillary was going to win and she was going to be president and they didn't have anything to worry about. Once he won, then they had to go deeper. So they started trying to figure out a way to cripple his administration. They started with Flynn because Flynn worked for Obama he was critical of the whole uh, cover story for the Benghazi um, uh, terror attack, and he—they were afraid he was going, you know, spill the beans on them. So they had to destroy him. And in in the midst of all that, they came up with pursuing this uh, Russia collusion thing, which they thought would cripple his pre- presidency. And of course, it was a distraction to take the heat off of them for what they actually did, they would put Trump on the defensive for all these years. I have to say, it's preposterous and only having the Democrat media in your pocket because there was never any proof of this, but that didn't stop the media from treating it serious, from reporting it with market saturation level intensity. I almost want to give them credit, but it's, it's not anything I should give them credit for because they have willing accomplices that are willing to lie. So it wasn't like it was hard what they did. They just got away with it. But think about that. They got away for three and a half years of a narrative that is completely false. And not only completely false, but they were telling a whole different tale in closed-door meetings under oath Correct. to the House Intelligence Committee. And they were actually saying there was no proof, and yet Schiff and his crew, you know, moved forward uh, with impeachment based on nothing, really. And By the way, do you know that Schiff has contacted the United States Supreme Court? They want to get grand jury testimony given to them unsealed, and I don't believe the Supreme Court will, will permit it, but they're asking for it because they say they're actively pursuing impeaching the president. They're still impeaching him, Kirk. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that this morning. Uh, and it's just not uh, within the realm of any rational human being to think that that is, is good for the country. That is the right thing to do. It just shows you how unhinged. The Democrats are and how power hungry they are. Yeah, they they actually uh, impeached our president during the um, beginning of a pandemic. Uh, obviously, they didn't have their eye on the ball, 
president did, thank God. Uh, and now they're working to impeach the president during the pandemic. They're pretty sick. Yeah, and it's all power. You know, the uh, Democrat Party has lurched so far left that they are taking on the characteristics of your typical left-wing um, dictator, dictatorship-type mind. Uh, you know, they want to control you. It's, it's funny that, you know, the blue states controlled by Democrat progressive governors were the first ones to shut the economy down, sh- shut people in their, in their homes, and think nothing about it. You got the socialist mayor of New York City saying he's going to pull people out of the water. You know, salt water is, is like good for you. It, it it kills germs. It kills everything uh, that's bad for you. Right. And, and so and so is the sun. The sun actually kills this coronavirus in seconds. The sun is very good. It turns out the best place to be is outside. The worst place to be, all the shut-ins are something like 66% of all new cases of COVID-19. How about that, Kirk? Yep. Boy, that's well, an inconvenient that's truth. To me. Well, you know, and you look at the statistics, um, and I'm, I'm becoming a fan of this Alex Berenson. He's the uh, former New York Times reporter that uh, basically is, has gone rogue uh, in the media world, and he's questioning the whole process of or the effectiveness of, of the shutdowns. So I looked at some of the stats. I'm looking at the John Hopkins University uh, Coronavirus Resource Center. I got the U.S. Uh, teed up here. And one of the things I'm looking at is a chart that shows daily cases. In mid-March, we were less than 5,000 cases nationwide. The shutdown began in earnest in these huge blue states in mid-March. Casinos shut down, and then five days later, the rest of New Jersey shut down. So now you look at it went from less than 5,000 cases mid-March. Shutdowns go in place mid-March, and now we're 1.5 million. So it's almost like the shutdowns didn't really stop the virus because the curve went was skyrocketing straight up. And... Uh, it almost looks like that's the natural progression, and without the shutdowns, it still would have done the same thing, but we'll never know. To me, it looks like these blue state governors, you know, are exercising their uh, power, and and realistically, you know, the Democrat Party is using it for their own nefarious power grab to try to defeat and damage our economy and President Trump's re-election. It sure seems that way. If that's not true, it really, it really feels like it is. Um, I am sort of persuadable that China, either they announced or it came out that they have now sort of requarantined a hundred million people because they have had additional community spread. Uh, I do think this is a very contagious virus, so I don't know if we didn't do this uh, shut-in what the numbers would have been it seems hard for me to believe it would have been the same but i'm stuck on do you shut a nation down for this kind of thing because we never have before and i i have to imagine that there were things whether it's the bubonic plague or other 
terrible periods in history where there have been very, very highly contagious things. And we've never seen this before where you actually quarantine the the well rather than deal with the unwell. So it's really um, it's confusing, but I know this much. We can't stay shut down for very much longer or we don't have a country. So you either save the patient or you kill the country. Either way, it's not a good result. So at some point, we have to responsibly get back in the game and and reopen America. Or I agree with those that have been saying that you will have death and all kinds of despair and all kinds of problems from destroying people's lives, which people have already been destroyed. I posted something yesterday, Kirk. We've got to get the break in, but we can talk about this on the other side of the break. I posted something yesterday about the things that are going to be reopening this Friday uh, in Governor Murphy's pronouncement yesterday, and this wonderful woman put, I wish that they would say what's going to happen for my business because I could see the pain with every keystroke, I could see the pain. I could feel it. It was palpable. Uh, people are losing everything right now. If you're in an essential job or an essential business and you're unaffected by it, let's not forget the richest billionaires in our country have made $273 billion in the past three weeks. I'd like to let that sink in during Hannity and our early in the morning timeout. The richest billionaires, I'm talking about Bezos, Gates, et al., $273 billion they have made during a pandemic. How's that happen? Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Nobody else seems to have picked this up, but I did, and I put up an op-ed on Hannity.com. And that is, in fact, one of Obama's military advisors, retired General James Cartwright. He was convicted of lying to the FBI about classified media leaks. In 2017, then-President Obama issued a full pardon for his favorite general. In other words, General Cartwright got off scot-free in a perjury case. So clearly Obama doesn't care about perjury. Clearly about this isn't about the rule of law being at risk because... Obama doesn't care about perjury because he gave this guy a a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's called a pardon. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean Hannity here. It's lawn mowing season, or as we like to say, it's hustler season. And it's time for you to get your new zero-turn lawnmower from my friends at Hustler Turf. Professional landscapers, homeowners, they all buy Hustler because of their durability, their heavy-duty construction. And as a matter of fact, I challenge you to test drive a Hustler and then test drive something else. I guarantee you will feel the difference. And during the month of May, our friends at Hustler, well, they're giving away a free pressure washer or generator with the purchase of select mowers. 
Just go to HustlerTurf.com for more details. On top of that, my listeners get an added year of warranty coverage. Just go to HustlerTurf.com, click on the radio offer button in the top right-hand corner, type Hannity in the box for complete details. That's HustlerTurf.com. And with a nationwide footprint of over 1,400 dealers, you're never far away from quality service, parts, and accessories on your zero-turn lawnmower from our friends at Hustler Turf. So find the dealer near you at HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much, Sean. 22 minutes past the hour with the Assemblyman Emeritus Kirk Conover. Kirk, try to put into um, your best narrative that, because I know what happens here, everything is political. I mean, hydroxychloroquine is now a red state versus blue state argument it never would in any in any normal world other than bizarro world you could never have a drug around 40 years and and because trump touts it the left is is insane about it oh don't give me a hydroxychloroquine orange man says it's okay i mean it's really getting so crazy it's hard to even believe but those that say and i i deal with them on my social media yeah yeah you want to get everything open and then people are going to die again don't don't people understand that you can't stay shut down for very much longer or what difference does it make to quote hillary clinton if you have no country left what difference does it make if we quarantine everybody for a year and a half and then what will that mean and and keep in mind it took four and a half years to get a, a vaccine for h1n1 i i was very happy about yesterday's news kirk but you know that doesn't mean that that vaccine will ever be approved or that it really works i mean it's good news because it's all we've got but that's not an approved vaccine that we know is safe and that it actually works so if we were to wait and one of the things that I was surprised to hear Governor Murphy say is that we don't go back to normal until we have a working vaccine. Well, we don't have a working vaccine for AIDS in 40 years. I mean, what are they talking about? Yeah, it's hard to figure. They, uh, you know, part of me says that, that this is all, you know, the, the lurch to the left and, and the trial run for socialism but i point out to people who are favorable to socialism that even in socialist countries people are forced to work uh you can't just keep people at home and keep printing money and keep without productivity you know it's it's the productivity it's the wealth creation that's what makes it possible for this great nation to solve problems and and face the challenges that we faced over our history and come out you know on on top so yeah you're right it's um hard to figure uh these left lefty governors trying to uh shut us down and and not really acknowledging you know how much uh death and destruction comes from the despair that they're creating um, Peter Navarro, I've really come to admire. He's the, the, you know, Trump administration official that's in charge of trade policy. He's also a very successful business person, uh, from the private sector. He estimates and, and he cited 
you know, his source, I forget what, where it was, but he estimates that 80,000 people could die just from being devastated by unemployment, losing their business, you know, with all the different things that come, the, the suicide rates go up. Yeah, uh, I, I actually think that number is uh, reasonably low. 12,000 or more people killed themselves right after 2008, 2009, when people lost everything during the Great Recession. Uh, and during that, we it, now it's true that financial institutions were not fully capitalized and, the, and the, they were some of them were, were foundering and teetering on uh, complete ruination without a government bailout, which I always remind people they paid back every penny and uh, just as I knew they would. Uh, it's quite a story, actually. But this time, the banks were fully capitalized, but everything was shut down. Everything wasn't shut down before. Things were terrible, but you still had a fighting chance if you could play. If you play in the game, you always have a fighting chance. If they close the game and you're not playing, you have no chance. And now this is a solid two-plus months of this. I don't know many businesses, Kirk. You're, you're the Wharton School graduate, but I don't know many businesses that can take not having a dollar of revenue for nine weeks. That doesn't typically work out too well for the business. No, your typical small business probably has, uh, you know, 30 days of uh, cash reserves. And quite frankly, when they, when they want to open, they've got to take and spend money to, you know, put a plexiglass or whatever mitigating uh, new normal uh, changes to their operations they have to make that costs money so yeah and and the, there's we're also running into the, the fact that in a lot of these service industries and, and uh, hospitality industries their employees are making more money on unemployment than they would if they came back to work because uh, of the flaw in the, the the bill that was passed the cares act and it's a real dilemma trying to get this economy off the mat because, as you pointed out, many small businesses are just going to evaporate. People can't withstand, you know, two week, uh, two months of not doing anything. And the biggest threat you have is between the federal um, government and the Federal Reserve. There's been up to ten trillion dollars of basically just printed money pumped into the economy in various ways without any productivity or wealth creation to back it up. And in the long run, that doesn't bode well because when the economy does get back to operating, that money's still going to be floating around out there without any uh, productivity or wealth creation that backed it up, and you're going to have possibility of severe inflation. And Kirk, uh, Nancy Pelosi would like to add another three trillion to that number. How about that? Well, that's absolutely insane. I mean, that's and and plus they've they've put all the typical Democrat uh, virtue signaling uh, provisions in the bill that make no sense and have no connection with anything to do with uh, the coronavirus. So it, it just shows that uh, the Democrat Party is so out of touch with reality. They're pursuing the left-wing power grab 
they think nothing about taking your rights away, the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment. I mean, they don't care. They're in it for the power. And I saw a great sign. Yesterday was a great day for phrases. Mm-hmm. I saw a great sign in that gym in Belmar and it said, stay poor, vote Democrat. Good comment. That says it all. And Democrats, as you know, they want to keep their new operating. It's not so new, but their operating philosophy is to keep people down, to keep people needing them. And then they continue to consolidate and retain power. I don't know how people don't see that, Kirk. Well, I read a book uh, in college that was published uh, in the 30s, and it was called The Judas Syndrome. And the, the basic layout was that Franklin Delano Roosevelt said to his closest advisors, we're going to put a chicken in every pot, and from then on they're going to vote for us because they're going to be dependent on us. And that is has been the operating philosophy. Lyndon Johnson took it to the next level uh, with his various programs. And, yeah, there are, there are big... And, by the way, is on video and audio captured saying we will keep those blanks voting for us. I don't know if he said for 100 years or 50 years, whatever he said. Uh, but this is actually what they think of the American people. Yep, and it's a betrayal of the uh, found, founding fathers and, and the fact that our Constitution was put in place to control and limit the power of government because the government is the only thing that can take your freedom away they can put you in jail they can lock you up they can pursue you uh prosecute you to the point where you're you're broke and bankrupt and you and you just have to roll over and play dead for them it's just and they uh, can do that to a three-star lieutenant general yep which is what they did kirk hold it right there we're going to be right back 31 minutes past the hour. Kirk, if you have more on that, the time is yours when we come back. The next item that I want to cover, Hillary Clinton accused the, I guess he has like a 30-day, he got fired, but only in government do you get fired and you're still around for 30 days. Uh, The soon-to-be exiting Inspector General Steve Linick, the State Department Inspector General since 2013, another Obama bot that Trump has had to deal with. Uh, because anytime he gets rid of someone, it's a criminal investigation waiting to happen. He he doesn't need any reason. Uh, I think it's incredible that, that they want to investigate, or this Linux did, they want to investigate Mike Pompeo because a, I guess a State Department employee is, is he's accused of using a State Department employee for walking his dog or picking up his dry cleaning or something like that. It's amazing what these Democrats have time for, but they don't care at all about this entire lying narrative of fake Russia collusion that never existed or the unmasking of General Flynn or the conduct of senior FBI officials. No appetite at all, but it's amazing. They they can't have enough investigations if it's anything that they can try to take down anybody in the Trump orbit with the Assemblyman Emeritus Kirk Conover, respectfully yours. I am early in the morning. 
People all over the Jersey Shore have found the easiest way to stay connected to South Jersey's talk station. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. Read free South Jersey news. Listen to your favorite talk shows. Send us pics and videos when you see breaking news. Wake up with the alarm clock feature and win cool prizes in the 1450 Club. It's all just a tap away with the WPG Talk Radio app. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. Rescue your retirement. GrowWealthSafely.com. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app now. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. Welcome back. 36 minutes past the hour. I was at an appointment yesterday, rare appointment in the day of the coronavirus. Uh, and I heard one of the, we do them every day for all six radio stations, basically during the 20 minute break at 10, 20, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 on all six Town Square Media Atlantic City radio stations. And I actually, for the first time, heard one of the coronavirus updates. They're all over the place, and I've heard from a lot of people that have heard them. I'm just typically um, nonstop during the day. So I just happened to be, I was in a waiting room, and I heard it. It was pretty interesting. And we're doing them, again, each hour, Monday through Friday, right here, and, of course, on the other five Town Square Media radio stations. Kirk, let's uh, move on to this issue of the IG and President Trump. And I want to remind our listeners, then we'll get some calls in at 609-407-1450. I want to remind our listeners that back in 2016, Hillary Clinton uh, made all kinds of negative accusations about this Steve Linick. I guess that's okay, but if Trump decides he's got to go, it's again, it's a criminal offense, it seems. Yeah, and since when do any of these uh, government officials have a lifetime license on their position? Exactly. These are all positions that, you know, you serve at the pleasure of the chief executive, and when they lose, the chief executive loses confidence in you, you got to go. And where was this guy, you know, in relation to Hillary's server? You know, I I don't recall him coming out and saying, oh, uh, having a private server is uh, against State Department policy. He made the most benign, sort of critical comment you could ever make, Kirk, and I just happen to have it in front of me. He said, at a minimum, Secretary Clinton should have surrendered all emails dealing with Department business before leaving government service, and because she did not do so, she did not comply with the Department's policies that were implemented in accordance with the Federal Records Act. But he he did not refer... Uh, a criminal referral or anything like that, which they can do. IGs cannot, they can only interview people that still, they can't subpoena people who do not work for the government currently. So if they're a former employee that left, they had no subpoena power. It's a weakness in the thing, too, because if you really want to get at the truth, there's going to be people that are gone for good reason. There's going to be people that are gone because they were let go, and you can't subpoena them. So it's really hard to get at the truth if you can't get at all the information, but it's a, it's a fair point that you made. He did not make a big deal out of it. Uh, they did all they could to defend Hillary every chance they got, including the crooked way that the FBI went about questioning, telling her the questions ahead of time, letting Cheryl Mills and other people sit in on it. I mean, outrageous stuff. Uh, what's her face? Um, 
uh, the Attorney General and Bill Clinton, the famous tarmac meeting, where, of course, they only talked about golf and their grandchildren. Yeah, right. Uh, sure. You, yeah. you, be- you believe that, right, Kirk? Oh, sure. You have and to. If you've ever if you've ever been at an airport of any kind, you realize that there's no such thing as a happenstance meeting on the tarmac between two planes. I mean, come on, that was all prearranged. And talk about hypocrisy. How about uh, when President Bill Clinton fired every U.S. attorney, regardless of their track record or anything else? As soon as he came into office, he fired them all. That is that is correct. And by comparison, President Bush fired a couple, and the media made, I mean, the biggest Brinks job out of it, and Obama fired every single one and nothing. Applause. Well, that shows you how far back the uh, media complicity with the Democrat Party and left-wing ideology goes. It started in the 60s, um, <clears throat> you know, with the radical movements of the 60s when uh, and Bill Ayers said it himself. He said, when we realized we weren't really going to create a revolution, we decided to go into education so that we could indoctrinate. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've done. And the journalism schools became indoctrination devices. And, and, and uh, Kirk, let's give them great credit. They have been, I mean, I would have to believe that they have been successful beyond their wildest dreams in terms of co-opting education. Yes, they have. And unfortunately, it is uh, doing grave damage to our country, to our future. Uh, think about where we would be if we'd had an honest media uh, over all these years, and uh, if we'd had a reasonable Democrat party that used to be a slightly different in, in viewpoint from the Republican Party. But what they, they're dis- destroying, um, you know, basic rights of the people, and when you take people's rights away with overregulation and overtaxation, let's you know you're not really uh, saying you know taking their rights away, but when you take someone's ability to uh, apply their trade, uh, you know, and voluntarily exchange it with another party, you basically are taking people's rights away to pursue happiness. Yeah, you know, and that's the fundamental basis of the Declaration of Independence and, and you know, 13 years later, uh, the Constitution. By the way, I was very surprised but very pleased that the Gallup poll, I don't have time to go into it right now except to just say this headline, then I want to get the calls in. Uh, the optimism is way up in America. I wouldn't think at this point, two, two months and one week into uh, quarantine, basically, that optimism would be up. But it is. So I'm I'm encouraged by that. Welcome to the program. You're on the air. Hi there. Hi, Harry Kirk. Uh, it's Bob from Cape May. I'm hey, Bob. Glad to be glad to be back in New Jersey. But uh, <laughs> I can tell you, it was a it was a real shock driving into Cape May yesterday, in in, in the middle of May when it, it looks like it's the middle of January. All the uh, you know, if, if the, uh, the the trees and the the beautiful spring flowers weren't blooming. I mean, just to have a ghost town, uh, it's a real shock. And, and for small business people, it's, it's you know, 
I, I'm very worried about this summer. Uh, well, you should be. I mean, there's no direction right now about when you could even hope to be open. How do you plan like that? Well, we're we're planning on we're giving the green light to open June first. Uh, that's so you do you. I'm, I'm, that's right. I'm thinking more casinos that have no direction. So you're you're ready to open June first, and what was that at fifty percent occupancy? Uh, six, sixty percent and a hundred percent at June twenty second. But the problem is that Democrats, socialists, and the media have scared the American people so much that the the I I'm, my real worry is that we are just the, the customers will not come. You know, and and you know again, we'll, sure some people will come, but businesses when when you're operating, your expenses are higher. When you're shut down completely, your expenses are lower. <laughs> and we we might have a situation. Yeah, we're given the green light to open, but the the losses there are losses both ways. But the 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 the, the negative losses will will be greater in some cases when you're open. Yeah, I, I I saw as I think I told you a few weeks ago, Harry. Restaurant just opened in Florida for in in room dining, and a two hundred seat restaurant had had four people, including us. So their losses were were heavier when they were opened. Rather than I'll tell you what's scary about that. In Florida, has a reputation for having done a good job during this pandemic. So who knows what that how that bodes going forward. I did see, though, I forget the exact uh, activity, but I did see something somewhere in our country that reopened, and then people just flocked back like it was never a pandemic. Ocean City, for example, and that's not the example I was thinking of, but Ocean City, the boardwalk was back open, and it was packed. Well, look, I'm, I'm praying, I'm hoping for, for pent-up demand to give us at least a, a, a summer where we can all survive. What, what, is your, what does your gut tell you? What does your actual statistics tell you right now? With I mean, I have to imagine it's, it's May 19th, so you're probably already doing what you do, however you do it, sending out those postcards that I receive sometimes and your other marketing tools that you do to, to generate uh, room nights. Do you see people wanting to come back as early as June 1st? Well, Harry, we sent an email blast out that uh, announced our opening and, you know, announced our, our mitigation efforts. And, uh, yeah, the, the phone calls have picked up. But are we going to be where, you know, our, our normal July and August big numbers? I, I'm i just not, not optimistic about it, no. Hmm. I'm just not. You know, we're, we've got – there's media hysteria in this country. Look, look, not – most people do not watch Fox News that gives you a straight story. <laughs> the, the, the craziness that, that is portrayed on, on CNN uh, in conjunction with, with Nancy Pelosi's desire to kill the economy, uh, I, I, it, it's mind-boggling what is, is happening in this country. With there's just When we had crisis in the, in the past, like World War II, the country came together. Even nine eleven, the country came together. Uh, it's the, the the Democrat socialists are, are they are refuse playing political yeah. games. Yeah. They're playing yeah political games and and destroying a lot of lives. 
Well, uh, they, they want power. They want the Senate back. They want the White House. And to keep the House, they want it all. They'll, they'll, they're willing to burn the House down to rule the ashes. And in fact, I think it was my twin brother that said it to me. Uh, one of them actually said, we're going to bring this country to its knees. We're going to break it. And then we're going to win. And then we're going to build it back the way we want to and the way we've always wanted to. They're, they're, they're not even, I don't even think they're being secretive about it. Oh, look, it's, it's disgusting. And, and, you know, this idea of protecting people's health. Look, I haven't been able to go to a gym in two months. I'm as flabby as, as I've ever been in my life, and, and I don't like that feeling. Uh, I haven't been able to see my, my dermatologist canceled my appointment. They're not seeing people in New Jersey because of all the crazy rules in this state, you know. And uh, even, even you know, the great dentist we go to, I, I haven't been able, you know, my, I'm two months late for dental Here's Here's the good news. Starting next week, you will be able to get anything you need done, learned and confirmed. That's great. Yes. That's great news. Yep, next week. All right. Well, I look. It's always a pleasure to talk both to both of you, patriots, and you know, let's let's keep plugging away to try to make this thing better. Welcome home, Bob. Take care. All the best. We'll be back with Kirk Conover in just two and a half minutes. Don't go away. With Kirk, the Assemblyman Emeritus, I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five and WPGTalkRadio.com. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 10.15 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We continue 52 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover, the Assemblyman Emeritus, Chuck Malamut on deck. All about your financial matters. A couple of quick programming notes. This Thursday, 9.15, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy returns. This Friday... Nancy Conover won't mind this. Uh, Fox News Channel's Pete Hegseth in a Hurley in the Morning exclusive at 9.04. Then the remainder of the hour will be Gary Aldrich. And this Friday from 3 to 6 p.m., yours truly will be guest hosting the Guy Benson Show from 3 to 6 p.m. all across America on the Fox News Radio National Networks. And we already have scheduled Judge Andrew Napolitano, and the great doctor, Fox News uh, medical correspondent, Dr. Manny Alvarez. And we'll be adding to that as the, uh, the week goes along. Christine picked up the, uh, the two that I mentioned. She does a great job, the producer of The Guy Benson Show. 609-407-1450. Our phone lines are quasi-open. There's just a lot of content we've been trying to get in with Kirk this morning. Kirk, I want to ask you about the... Uh, the World Health Organization. I'm, I'm very much in support of my president who has frozen the funding and is now saying that he may keep it that way in place after the White House investigation. I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that the World Health Organization was in complete cahoots with China. Why, I don't know. I mean, we pay more than anybody. And I'm not saying you pay for performance or you pay for access or whatever, but you shouldn't be the biggest uh, provider and, and get treated like that, where they told the world that nothing to worry about. The coronavirus cannot go from human to human. I mean, they lied, blatantly lied for China. I'm happy that the president is doing this, Kirk. 
Yeah, I am too. And the um, hallmark of any of these organizations that's that's a world is the fact that they're globalist oriented. They don't believe in individual liberty. They follow the left wing model, and really, they're part of the globalist movement to make you know, a, a so-called new world order. I hate using that term because it, it can be, um, it's been used so many times and, and basically cooped out, but, uh, they are, they're, they're trying to, any of these world organizations, they, they're moving towards more and more control of the individual. And that's probably why they sided with China. They saw that, uh, you know, that, they're brothers in arms. They're uh, a, a communist dictatorship that uh, controls their population, and the World Health Organization has a left-wing uh, bias towards it simply by its nature. That's why it was created. So, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate um, that that's the world we live in. Uh, we're the last bastion that that is holding back the bar- barbarians that would put us into a permanent socialist lockdown of our lives. And uh, it's very disturbing that uh, these organizations are out there and they're, they're doing their best to basically destroy the free enterprise uh, economy worldwide and the free enterprise uh, philosophy. Kirk, I now see this sign that you're talking about, stay poor, vote Democrat. What I want to find out is, and I've texted the person that sent it, is, is this today? It looks to me like this is a screen capture from today. To me, that's more meaningful than if this was from yesterday, because yesterday the gym in Belmar, Camden County, New Jersey, was cited, but the officer, I thought, handled it beautifully, uh, basically said that you're in violation of such and such, uh, and have a good day, and left. I thought that was just spectacular. I didn't quite say it exactly how it went down, but that's the gist of it. This looks like Pete Hegseth, Today, and if this is today, this New Jersey gym owner, not that far away from here, Belmar, New Jersey, is in Camden County, is planning to reopen again today. Of course, unless this is a photo from yesterday, but Michelle hasn't written me back. I wish she would, uh, because if it's from today, this is very newsworthy. If it's from yesterday, it really isn't. I'd like to know. Do you know, Kirk? If this, if this is this photo, which I assume you also have sent to you because you you referred to the sign before I saw it. Uh, Is this from today or is this from yesterday? I don't know. I saw the sign yesterday. It was inside the gym. All right. When they actually actually got inside the gym. Yeah, I wish he would write back uh, because if it's yesterday, this doesn't mean much. If it's today and they're planning on reopening, because the headline on Fox News Okay, there you go. Joe, thank you. Freeholder Joe McDevitt said that he was on Fox today. He is reopening, so this is news. Again, again you know my point, Kirk. If if you're not planning to reopen and you did what you did yesterday and you got your citation, but you're not going to go further with this, the story's over. It's terrible and, and it stinks. But the fact that he's going to reopen today and Governor Murphy has made it clear today won't be like yesterday, there is um, like that salon uh owner that um had a problem i i think we're going to have um a significant issue happen here today yeah he said last night on one of the fox uh, opinion programs i don't know if he might have been sean hannity or tucker 
he was on the gym owner, and he said, "Yeah, they're definitely opening today at eight o'clock." Yeah, well, this so. is him saying it like seven thirty-one this morning that or thereabouts that he's opening today. So it's it's going to happen. We'll be hearing about it during our program this morning because obviously something's going to have to give because the governor made it clear uh, in no uncertain terms that uh, if you try to reopen tomorrow, it's not going to go like it did today, meaning yesterday. Closing comment, Kirk, final minute. Well, uh, Bob, as usual, brought up a great point, the consumer confidence uh, when the economy does start reopening. Uh, consumer confidence right now is at uh, 73.7. It's been as high like seven weeks ago. It was in the 90s. So there's been a big damage to consumer confidence, and that's going to be the big unknown as states open up. I will point out that uh, you mentioned about the um, optimism. The red states, they're opening up. Their cases are going down. Their hospital admissions are going down. That's giving people confidence. And there's such a divide between the blue states and the red states. And the virus doesn't care about that. I know. And, Kirk, we're in the final 10 seconds. I wish we had more time to to develop this because it's a really important topic. It makes me sick that no matter what the issue is, everything is political. Everything is red states versus blue states it's it's disgusting 95.5 fm and 1450 am wpgg atlantic city wenj 97.3 hd3 thank you kirk conover chuck the house speaker doesn't approve of president trump taking hydroxychloroquine I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Nancy Pelosi says it's not approved by scientists, and the Democrat, who is often sparred with the president, says his age and being morbidly obese make it worse. Now, the president says he doesn't know if it'll work as a coronavirus preventive. If it doesn't, you're not going to get sick or die. He's been touting the drug for coronavirus treatment. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave, saying what do you have to lose? The president told reporters he's taking hydroxychloroquine every day. At some point, I'll stop. What I'd like to do is I'd like to have the cure and or the vaccine, and that'll happen, I think, very soon. The president, who's also taking an antibiotic and zinc, has been on the regimen for about a week and a half. Government doctors have warned taking hydroxychloroquine could cause dangerous heart arrhythmias. There are nearly 200 clinical trials underway for the anti-malarial drug. Dave? Rachel, the president said all that after a meeting with restaurant executives. We desperately want to reopen. Now, some states have allowed dining in again. Marvin Irby heads up the National Restaurant Association, says two-thirds of his industry's workers are out of work and is asking for an extension in the loan program, giving restaurants more time to bring workers back. The World Health Organization is not reacting yet to the letter President Trump sent and posted to on Twitter late last night, threatening to permanently stop funding the WHO unless it can show in 30 days it can actually demonstrate independence from China. The president accused the WHO of grossly inaccurate and misleading coronavirus information under Chinese pressure. The attorney general is not going to take an investigation into the origins of the Russia probe as far as the president wants. Despite the president's repeated references to Obamagate and his calls for his predecessor to go under oath on Capitol Hill, Attorney General Barr says he does not expect U.S. Attorney John Durham's investigation to lead to probes of Obama or Biden. Fox's Griff Jenkins. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. 
because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. There are two concerns to highlight today. First is the wind gusting between 30 and 40 miles an hour through at least this morning. Second is the ocean with rough surf and minor flooding of tidal waterways expected today too. With a mix of sun and clouds, we'll only top out around 60 degrees, certainly on the cool side again. Chance of a shower tonight. It'll be breezy and cool, low of 45. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and a high of only 59. Partly sunny and dry and 62 on Thursday. Next chance of rain will be Friday into Saturday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarowan, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Four minutes past the hour, Tuesday mornings. You know what that means for more than 28 years. On Tuesday mornings in the 8 o'clock hour, Chuck Malamut has provided you with excellent advice, just tremendous content, all about your financial matters with Chuck Malamut, the managing director. He leads his team, the Malamut Group, at Morgan Stanley's Northfield, New Jersey office. You can reach Chuck for all of your financial planning needs at 383-2010-609-383-2010. Did you ever imagine we would need to put the area code? The program that you're about to listen to is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast, meaning today, and subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck Malamut, good morning. Good morning, Harry. How are you today on this bright, sunny, but unfortunately cold day, it looks like again, in in New Jersey. This doesn't feel like May weather, but I know we didn't want to get too far into that. It's just crazy. It's uh, I guess it's global cooling that's going on at the present time. But, Chuck, I was very, very happy yesterday. I was watching the Dow Jones Industrial Average go up by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds all the way up. I just was wondering if it was going to hit 1,000 for the day, so 900 and some. So a great day, hopes of a vaccine, and we're very close to 25,000 on the Dow. And whether you're the great Chuck Malamut with all of your experience or a layperson out there, 
I think it is utterly amazing that we're about one good trading day away from picking up 8,000 points on the Dow in just a few weeks. I, I didn't think it could happen this quick, Chuck. Harry, I think a, a, a lot of analysts um, were in the same camp as you, uh, you know, looking for recovery, you know, anywhere from a year and a half to two years. That's typical uh, when you enter into a bear market. But I, I want to say this time is a little bit different because, as you know, the, the bear market happened very, very quickly. I think it was 16 trading days. Uh, where we got there down 20%, and then we went down another 17% for a total of minus 37% in about uh, 25, 30, maybe 35 trading days. Uh, and the results you know, speak for themselves. For those that were unfortunate and made that decision, and trust me, you know, we all lived through emotional times in our lives and uh, pulled the plug. Um, they left a lot of money on the table. And and I guess if you learn anything, and we've talked about this, I don't know how many times, I'm sure listeners are bored about hearing it, hearing about it, but the bottom line is, you know, are you going to be a long-term investor or are you going to try to be a short-term trader? Mm. And I think at the end of the day, the investor is ultimately rewarded. Um, as you know, you know, uh, short-term trading becomes obviously can be can be very very profitable or at the same time can be you know can can basically erode your capital very very quickly um and if anybody is is attuned enough to be able to do it on a continual basis my hat's off to them because clearly that's the aberration to the rule well stated chuck malamut go ahead no go ahead i'm 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 all yours i'm sorry no no i was just going to say uh the fed I think, has been doing a solid job. The closest thing that I thought we had a hiccup was something that the Fed Chairman Powell said the other day, but markets didn't seem to be that bothered by it, where he talked about sort of a longer-term view in that 18-month range that you were talking about. I thought that might spook markets, that this is going to take a long time uh, to, uh, to heal from. Honestly, I don't know why anybody would think it would be a short time because even though it happened quickly, the amount of contraction was so significant, Chuck, and I've learned from you, it, it can go down in, in one speed of velocity, but th- th- there's no guarantee that like a rocket ship is going to just come right back. That's why I keep saying I am so pleased that the Dow went from in the 17,000-some-odd point range, now closer to 25,000, that to me is um, more than I ever could have expected. I mean, we were at twenty nine thousand when all this went crazy, or or thereabouts, twenty eight high, whatever it was. So we've made we've made a lot of ground. And is that one indice again? And I always forget. Let's see. There's the Dow. There's the Nasdaq. There's the S and P five hundred. Now I remember it's the Nasdaq. As of last time you were on the program last week, the Nasdaq was actually up for the year. I don't even know know how that's possible, Chuck. Yeah, Harry. Going going into yesterday, uh, the S and P was down ten point seven percent, and we made up roughly three percent yesterday. The Dow was down about sixteen, and that had the biggest day of the three. Uh, I think it was up maybe three and a half, four percent, and the Nasdaq was up eight tenths of one percent going into today. And again, amazing yesterday, and then going and then tacking on yesterday's gain, 
um, you know, obviously we're, you know, we are positive. So, <clears throat> does no. that, Chuck, does that surprise you that that indice is actually up for the year, which means prior to the pandemic, the NASDAQ is higher right now during the last nine weeks of this than they were before it hit? I, I find that, if the word resilient fits, I find that beyond resilient. I, I think, Harry, in, in everyone's wildest uh, imagination, this wouldn't be happening. Uh, right now, we would still be sl- sl- going through that slog, so to speak, of of um, you know more days down than more than versus more days up, and I and I think you're seeing the opposite happen here now. We, in particular, last week when you when you look, uh, you know, we still have we still have a fair amount of volatility, um, but you know, ha- having said that, you know, with the comments that the Chairman Powell made, the Dow, the S and P, and the Nasdaq. For the week of ending last Friday, down anywhere from you know one to two point six percent. Yeah. Now, the, the, as you know, uh, the, the Fed, you know, basically provided a, a fairly dire forecast, you know, for the economy um, last week, indicating you know monetary policy is going to remain very easy uh, for some time. So. In, in particular, what Chairman Powell said, he's, uh, the, the path ahead is both um, highly uncertain and subject to significant downside risks. He also highlighted the ways um, a deep and long recession could harm long-term growth considerably after the actual recession ends. And, and I think if you look at the low point of the recession, it's probably what we just lived through you know, during the month of, um, of March and April. And I, I think a lot of your listeners are probably shocked to hear that one, we got, we got into a recession that quickly, and then we're going to get out of it that much faster. Um, however, I think, and as Bob mentioned at the last hour, the collateral damage that has been that has been caused as a result of this, particularly the shutdown, um, you know, in all the states, and and our state being probably in Harry, I'm going to, how do I say this in a nice way? I think we're going to be the last to, to reopen. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, what I think what we're missing here because we live here is the fact that you know, there are parts of this country that really were not terribly impacted with very, very few cases. And it was sort of business as usual. You know, for, for us, you know, our, our whole economy, you know, not only in the, in the state, but also, you know, within the country got turned upside down very, very quickly. Chuck, and you, I think go, what, ahead, go ahead, finish. I think what, what I think what people really need to understand, you know, the recession that we're that we're either in or we just got out of, you know, was you know was was created, you know, by government you know, for the purpose of of saving everyone's health. Yeah. Now, with that being said, you know, you can't, and Bob said it perfect last hour. You can't flip the switch and co- and the economy's not going to come back, you know, tomorrow morning if if the governor. Turn you know lets everything go back to quote I'll say normal whatever that normal may be. Uh, it's going to take some time, and a lot of businesses are struggling with you know the costs of, of putting the health preventative measures in place, uh, opening at you know twenty forty fifty percent of maximum capacity, and then you sort of throw up your arms and say you know is it, for a summer business in particular, 
is it even worth you know going through that or just sort of throwing the towel in? Well, you know what's going to happen if if you can only be open for a certain amount of business, say twenty five percent or fifty percent, or Bob mentioned as of June first, he can open his resort at sixty percent, and then two or three weeks later, he can be at a hundred percent. If you're able to be at a hundred percent, then it's going to come down to consumer confidence, isn't it, Chuck? If the consumer is confident at several levels, number one, that they have gainful employment and and that hopefully a number of these thirty six plus million who have lost their jobs will be able to come back. Uh, I'm predicting, Chuck, and I don't think this is sticking my neck out too far that we're not going to get all of them back because companies are going to have made adjustments and maybe they're not operating it at, at full capacity so they don't need as many people. We're probably not going to get every one of those jobs back and certainly not initially, but hopefully we get a lot of them back. And then if people feel, hey, I've got a job and I'm going to continue to feel like I'm going to have a job and I feel relatively safe to go back out again, and you and I talked about on your program last week that younger demographics um, – they don't even need an invitation. You just tell them it's back on, and we know that. You and I have done the perfect um, litmus test on that. We, we got it straight from the horse's mouth, straight from the best authority we could go to. Your 25-year-olds, maybe 30-year-old, they're not even thinking about uh, that they're going to catch anything and have any chance of dying. And, and the truth is, they basically have a hundred percent, near a hundred percent chance that they can't die from it. It's like high ninety-nine percentile. So they're going to flock back. The 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 thing that's going to be slower, Chuck, will be baby boomers and beyond. Yeah, Harry, for sure. I mean, I don't know if you saw um, yesterday and today. Delta Airlines is an example. Um, they're ramping up their flights in June. And and what what the, what they said they're going to do is they're going to increase the number of flights in an effort to have no more than sixty uh, percent capacity wow. on those planes and in, in an effort to keep the middle seat open. Um, now that's what Spirit Air, Spirit Air is doing that as well. They're not booking the middle seat now. That, yeah, but, but Harry, if, if you think for who do you think's paying for this? Well, the people that will be flying will pay for it. Uh, but in the beginning, I suspect rates are going to be lower, and it will be the airlines eating it because they're going to obviously have the fuel, the crews, and everything like that. And if and you know, I mean, you you fly these these uh, airlines, not just Spirit. You fly all the major ones uh, in your job going around the country. You know as well as I do. In the beginning, they're going. It's like the cruise ships. Look at the deals that cruise ships are making right now for people. They're going to have to. To entice you to come I, I back, think that, I, I think I think that has that has now changed. Uh, in chatting with a few clients over the last week, what is happening? Airfares are moving higher, not lower. Wow! And 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 if you eliminate that middle seat and practice social distancing, the average ticket price to recover that lost revenue is going to increase by forty. So they're basically basically charge you for half of the seat next to you that's empty. Well, you think you have to do the math? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah. when you're on the aisle and the other person's on the window, the two of you are each paying for that seat in the middle. That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now there was some discussion prior to the, you know, about two weeks ago, uh, one airline in particular, you know, was offering you the ability to buy the middle seat at a discounted price. Uh, you know, that, that 
I don't think that was taken very favorably. Well, how would, why what, doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of what you were what were saying they were doing? I mean, if you can buy the middle seat, I heard the only way you could get the middle seat was if it was a family member that you were with, and and that you couldn't do it on the online. You'd have to do it at the airport. Yeah, I mean, think about the, you know. Think about the system that's in place to, to purchase your tickets online. I will tell you, Chuck. Now I know this is not this is not current as the data you're sharing, but just a couple weeks ago, I made a round trip reservation from Atlantic City to Florida for July 1st through the 5th, and I got something like $39 each way. I mean, that's almost as low as you can go, other than using your Spirit. Air free mile points or whatever those things are called that I have a ton of, uh, but I don't know. I'm going to look up. Uh, we're going to go to break right now, Chuck. I'm going to look it up during the break. But they, I, I have since canceled it because I didn't feel uh, that it was going to be safe uh, to to do it as early as July 1st. But that was available. And the reason I'm so well versed on this middle seat thing is it was so weird when I went to go pick my seats. I mean, the, the whole plane was available. But straight down the row on each side of the plane, no middle seats, all blocked out. And I, I, I didn't need an explanation. I knew what that meant. You couldn't buy the middle seat. But it was $39 each way. And uh, it was a Friday. And that was um, pretty revealing to me that they're trying to entice people to come back. But I'm going to go look up that same flight right now. We'll be back with Chuck Malamut. A reminder for all of your financial planning needs, think no further. Chuck Malamut is your go-to guy. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 